0: It's the McCovey Croncast, the only San Francisco Giants podcast to compare the San Francisco Giants to a streaming show on Netflix, which I'm doing just right now. That's right. I think our favorite baseball team is just a 10-hour movie with a clear opening, a murky, uninteresting middle, and an inning that rushes to an unsatisfying conclusion. I'm Brian Murphy, former managing editor of McCovey Chronicles, the SB Nation blog for, for the Giants, and with me is Doug Brisoni. Who writes about the Giants on a Substack? GiantsDoug.substack.com. Doug, we were off last week, but hoo hoo boy, what a last couple weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. Would you rather
1: be back on vacation in Hawaii yes, or yes, watching the Giants. Okay. I would rather be in Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> that was one of the best parts of being in Hawaii. The Giants were had some embarrassing loss. I was like, I don't know. I was on a boat. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. Like a Netflix show, uh, what the Giants is—they took something you liked that worked really well, and that's the 2021 Giants, and they just brought it back 100% until you realize it actually sucks. So, so Arrested Development. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <I see. laughs> this is this is Arrested Development season four and five.
0: That's right. Uh, It's it's remarkable how they're they've just turned into content sludge. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with the Giants. I like when the Giants are on and they're like, oh, you like the Giants, huh? Well, here are the Giants. They're not doing anything interesting,
1: but it's the Giants. And you said you like them. You signed up. You you watched the first episode. So we'll crow about our numbers. That's right. That's true. I'm a sucker. (laughs)
0: uh after sweeping the dodgers my god the when when last we saw the giants previously on the san francisco <laughs> giants they had swept the dodgers and then they've proceeded to um just just vomit all over themselves this past week although they did go 4 and 2 against the royals and the pirates which i dare anyone to remember anything good about those series but um so 6 and 7 since sweeping the the Dodgers and I would say that they're in the wild card hunt now where they they had a wild card spot for most of the season now they're on the outside looking in um I really don't remember that royal series <laughs> I don't remember it at all it, Brady Singer pitched and uh, Brady Singer has been my that's the next Matt Kane for a while and I don't know I think I, I think I'm holding I think that's working a little bit for me the comp wise but uh, then the Pirates series, and unfortunately, the only thing I remember about that series is the Giants giving up three home runs to a guy who was a former Padre, which is the only way that made sense to me, um, and started the chain of the Giants losing a bunch of games via walk-off. I'm amazed they won one of the games in Atlanta. They <laughs> went they went one and three in Atlanta, and the only reason why they won one of the games is because Austin Wins had a career day. I don't even know if we talked about them trading for Austin Wins. Can't even remember. It's been so long. Since I have no idea. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Austin Wynn's basically there to spell Kurt Casali, who can't play in every game,
1: <laughs> and he's who been can't fine play anymore, which yes. might be a problem.
0: Yes, but it is amazing to think that what having a, a basically a replacement level uh, performance at that position really did kind of do to make you not be aware of the offense having these gaping holes in it. sorry, Joey Bart. I know you're still working things out, What you know, they, they lose three or four against the Braves. Not really that surprising. Really just, I mean, I mean, the surprising
1: part is they didn't really embarrass themselves. Even the game where they went down big early, they, they came back and made a game of it and they only lost by one. It's like, Hey, good job guys. We love our moral victories.
0: That's totally true. I, I I was going to say, I think the biggest takeaway from that series is what's wrong with the Braves. that They couldn't (laughs) sweep the giants. Um, And then we come, we arrive to uh, this past weekend where they lose two out of three again to the Reds, which to me only solidifies that bullying works and violence is the
1: answer. (laughs) Violence solves everything. I've been saying it for a long time. If you have a problem, smack somebody. That's right. I mean, Tommy Pham is not
0: undefeated. Let's be clear; he's four <laughs> and two. <laughs> uh, so, I, it mixed mixed feelings, I, I guess, because I I want to say that you know objectively, on paper, statistically, the Giants are fine. By their own admission, they're not <laughs> great; they're fine. Uh, Gabe Kapler said that after the Brave series. Um, but it's also you know it's it's now. Um, it's a six-team field. The Giants are the seventh or eighth best team. And I don't know how they're going to fight to get back into that top
1: six. Uh, well, situation. the good news is that, I don't know if I want to call this good news, but they're, it, I think now they're the seventh best team, and they're, they're a solid seven because the Phillies just lost Bryce Harper. That's right. Yes. So the Giants really have nowhere to go but up.
0: Well, we, we, as you reminded us, the Giants really did put their whole business plan uh, the final slide was: "Don't worry, when it comes to August, the Padres will fall apart, <laughs> and that would be one of the teams that they that would have to collapse for them to get in. The other two being the Brewers and the Cardinals. Um, yeah, it, uh, the Brewers just lost one of their power guys um, as well. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to get into that. I, I, I think we're all just kind of." Dealing with the fact that, you know, the the Giants this past week showed us closer to where they are, at least right now. And what are we? We're 70 games into the season. You know, there's plenty of time to turn it around or get hot and make you kind of forget about what's going on. It's baseball that happens. Um, Some other things. So I don't want to get into the playoffs of it all. Some other things that happened, though. um, Anthony Disclofani and Alex Cobb were activated this past week. Hooray. Uh, that's supposed to solidify the rotation, but we will get into that in a minute. Zach Littell was demoted to AAA uh, on Friday. That was perhaps long overdue. Luis Gonzalez, I didn't even know he had an option. So uh, <laughs> Luis Gonzalez went to the IL with a lower back strain, um, which is a big blow, both on the offense
1: and pitching side, because they Really could use him, and these, these blowouts are going to keep running into. Yeah, I mean, yesterday's game was just crying out for Luis Gonzalez to pitch the ninth, the ninth inning. and That's right. <laughs> couldn't get him to do it. Uh, Jose Alvarez went to the IL with lower back t-
0: tightness. Brandon Crawford is on the IL with knee inflammation. They're really slow playing Lamont Wade coming back with his rehab. Um, they did claim Jermaine uh, Mercedes from the White Sox. DFA Mike Mike Papierski in the process that was overdue four catchers on the 40 man roster was pretty absurd funny that the Reds picked him up he didn't get to play in the series it would have been fun if he had hit like a home run or something um you
1: mean Mercedes though that was the guy that Tony Laruca chased out of town right that was yeah he uh, he was he hit a grand slam one time when he Laruca thought he shouldn't have been swinging and so Laruca never forgave him for that
0: yeah. He was, he's a young and excitable player and, and Tony La Russa just, you know, doesn't think those players should exist. Um, <laughs> and not the biggest news, but one, one that's worth, you know, in our ongoing series of the end of the, um, Sabian Evans era, uh, Stephen Duggar traded to the Rangers for Willie Calhoun. Um, uh, Gabe Kapler is enthusiastic about the Calhoun acquisition. He knows, he knows um, him well from the Dodgers system and thinks highly of his hitting ability. Well, I think highly of Steven Duggar. <laughs> so, and I needed to be said that that I was a fan because he really did work himself into being a really useful player. And uh, and I him not being able to stay on the field 100%, I would think, is the reason why this is happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like Duggar too. Um, he was, you know, he, he played great defense, which... The Giants don't have right no, now. No. Um, but the problem was they just couldn't count on him to hit. And uh, they're making their choice, basically. They're saying the Giants are comfortable with sacrificing some defense for offense. And that's what they're going to do. that's, you know, they, they ship out Steven defense. uh or Stephen Defense, Stephen Duggar, a defense first guy. <laughs> it was he, Dug- might as well be, be Stephen Defense. <laughs> you, you ship out Stephen Duggar, a defense first guy for Willie Calhoun, uh, who's basically an offense only guy. Um, I mean, that's a pretty clear sign of even with the forty man roster kind of shenanigans they're going through, that's a pretty clear sign of where the organization's priorities are.
0: Yeah, and you know, let's be very clear about what the offense part of it is. You know, he's 27 from Vallejo, which is cool. Um, and he his big year was 2019. He played in 83 games, 337 plate appearances, and he hit 269, 323, 524. That was good for an 848 OPS. And thanks to the way the baseballs were, just a 110 OPS plus. Um, he had 21 home runs in 83 games. So you certainly see where where they're coming from with from that. That's 2019. In the three seasons following that, he's played, so that was 83 games in 2019. Since then, he's played just 122 games and he's hit 223, 288, 39, 339. Good for 627 OPS, which is 74 OPS plus. He's hit just eight home runs. So, uh, yes, whatever they're seeing, I, I do believe that the Giants would, uh, you know, that what they say is we like a skill set, we think we can activate. Or reactivate what gave him that 2019, which I'm paraphrasing and assuming that's what they mean by getting him. I I believe they could do that. But uh, I also think that the Giants are more than Willie Calhoun away from fixing their problems. <laughs> well,
1: what about a Willa Calhoun and a Yerman Mercedes?
0: Okay, now I'm in. I'm listening. So <laughs> that is true, technically true. Are they uh, Anthony DiSclafani
1: and Alex Cobb away? Also, no, I don't think so. There, uh, there, there may be a subtracting Anthony DiSclafani <laughs> yeah. and Alex Cobb away. So, Doug, what's... oh, that's that's unfair. Yeah, to Alex Cobb only, <laughs> who, has, who has been let down by his defense.
0: Well, that's what I wanted to get into. Uh, I, I pose in our rundown sort of what to think about. What stood out to you the past week? Well, in this case, the past two weeks. Oh. I mean, the number one thing for me, I'd be surprised if it wasn't your number one, is that the defense is truly, madly, deeply terrible. Oh, and it's so bad. <laughs> and there's no chance it's going to improve this year. It might get no. a little bit
1: better, but it's not going to be good by the end of the year. No, so if you look at Fangraphs as like advanced defense stats, they have sort of a, a value. I think it's a run value, like how many runs each player on the Giants has been worth at each position. Number one is Joey Bart, who's three runs, who's like a positive three runs uh, a catcher, not on the roster. Number two, Austin Slater in center field. As of the time we're recording yes. this, he's <laughs> positive <1. laughs> 1.7 runs. He dropped two balls yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. <laughs> um and then I was trying to make the
0: joke that he must have graduated from Stanford law, But I wasn't
1: sure that people would get that I was trying to mean Stanford Law, but with the LOL. But anyway. See, I I got it immediately. I think it's <laughs> okay. perfect. You know, I think I think you nailed that joke. I think you have to have faith in our genius listeners, all of whom are incredible. Um, <laughs> well I said it here. I didn't put it, said it, it, it. here. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> then number three on the, the list, by the way, of Giants Defenders, Luke Williams third base. Number four is Mike (laughs) Jastrzemski in center field. And number five, Mauricio Dubon at shortstop. (laughs) And then just for fun, six is Austin Slater again in left field. Then you have Michael Papirski, Jason Bossler, Dubon at third base, and then Lamont Wade in left field where he has played 11 innings. This defense is terrible. And I can't, you know, I can't figure out why that
0: it's, it's some combination of, of uh, mental stuff, physical stuff, and I think the, the lack of shifting, it seems like when they actually do shift, it blows up in their face spectacularly. So I don't know what the hell is going on with their, with their modeling that's leading to that. Um, you
1: that, know what that, I wonder is if, there, is if they're missing Ron Wotus. Because that's one of the things that he did when he was he was the coach. He did a lot of the defensive alignments. And now the first year, as soon as he's gone, suddenly the defensive alignments seem to have completely fallen apart. I
0: really like that idea because we know that pulling the dusty uh, the Buster Posey Jenga piece, Jenga tile out of the out of the stack has also caused it to wobble. Yeah. So, um, it seems it seems fitting that the Giants' two subtractions this offseason would have some impact on where they're at this year. Um, which just goes to show, you know, the the Giants are basically doing this all with their mo- their computer modeling. So the fact that they actually had like experienced and then actually talented superstar players to augment that last year really did help. But I hadn't thought about that. The Wotus connection um, It is interesting that he and Buster Posey both said, peace out. <laughs> <laughs> no more of this. Um, so that was one thing that stood out. Uh, I, I need to highlight your piece that you wrote on your, on your site um, that about Anthony Di Sclafani just this past week. I mean, you did it right before his brave start. And it, as you tweeted yesterday, just as relevant in this red start. Yeah. Although admittedly, admittedly, there was the wacky foul call that Evan Longoria, not being able to kind of field Longoria. Ingley. Um there was, it was,
1: it was 70% his fault. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely <laughs> some bad luck. There were, there, oh, there is a good percentage, like you're saying, like at least 30% of that is if you ask a major league starter to get five or six outs in an inning, it's not going to go well. Yeah. And like, you know, even if he was Max Scherzer or, or whoever, it's still not going to go great. And Anthony DiSclafani is nowhere near that. And he basically is not capable of picking up his teammates when they make those kinds of mistakes.
0: Well, and again, You know what? We're not trying to defend Anthony DiScofani. The results are enough. I mean, he's going to get paid. He's going to make money. It's not going to be pretty, though, as we can tell. But you're saying the other part of this that is also important, like the defense is letting him and also Alex Cobb down. But again, the front office is putting useless physical talent on the field to defend but also saying there is value in guys who can't strike people out. Well, that all blows up if your shifts <laughs> suck and your pitchers can't strike anybody out because now it's like what you said. Well, Zach, uh, Max Scherzer, Scherzer, you know what he could do if, if he feels he gave up 200 runs? He'll strike out the next guy. The Giants pitchers don't have that ability. It's not the top of their and, and the, the skill set. Do, does you that do have
1: that ability are doing well? Yes. I mean, yes. Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon doing great.
0: Exactly. So it's a it's a weird puzzle that the team has sort of put together this year. Anyway, but I, I don't want you to reread the article, but I definitely want to be like you're you were dead on. But also, did you ever think did you get these Rivercats season tickets being like, oh, yeah, now I am well informed. I
1: know more than other people watching the Giants. <laughs> I, you know, I have actually not been to a Cats game in a while due to several <laughs> personal uh, complications. I just kind of... what So what I let off that piece with was remembering Matt Cain in 2016 when he went to the minors and got lit up and the Giants were like, no, he's fine. And then he got to the majors and he got lit up more. I was like, well, he wasn't fine. And so Anthony DiSclefani makes two starts, three innings each, the second one, the first one's good. Uh, the second, one, he gives up three runs, and the Giants like, okay, he's good. It's like, well, what are you basing that on? Because that seems kind of crazy, and it was. Um, <laughs> they, you know, he needed more time, and I don't. If you look at the way he's pitching, you know, what he's doing is, I think the starting the Braves, he had a good first inning. Like he looked really good in the first inning, and they kind of fell apart in the second. And it's the Reds; he was great in the first and the second. And then obviously the third went the way it went, which, you know, not entirely his fault, but at least some of that was him. So, I mean, I think he, I think the arm strength isn't there yet. Um, I think the arm strength, especially in there for him to be a major league pitcher. And that's part of why you have the minors is to have someone who can be like, all right, you're going to stay down there and then you'll come back when you're good. And the giant's like, mm, no, we're just going to bring him back. Well, that's, I think that's because
0: it's tied into why they're, Trading with the Mariners so much, and you know, the depth is not there. Uh, you know, I don't, whatever Sean Jelly must scare the hell out of them because it's not, he's not an obvious go to. They don't, you know, Kyle Harrison's a year or two away. Uh, they don't have a guy, Jacob Junis getting hurt, I think, hurt, you know, hurt all this as well, but they don't have like, and Zach Littell falling apart. That didn't help because he, he could go multiple innings. Um, Sam Long, they're having to be like, OK, it looks like we're going to need to do a lot more bullpen games. Um, and so I think rushing Di Sclafani back, I mean, I wouldn't say it's probably 50-50 because also you don't give a guy a three year deal and then have him stay down in the minor leagues for two or three weeks. You know, he's not going to need, you know, anything more than three. I'm sure there's some sort of gentleman's agreement or traditional thing like a guy's not going to do five starts in the minor leagues. I just don't, you know, even if he's not doing great through the first two or three. So it's just it it's there's pro it's it seems like it's a combination of stuff we can obviously see, the the piling up of injuries, the lack of obvious depth that they can turn to, and stuff we can't see, which is like, well <laughs> the the velocity's there and he says he's fine. Let's right. just get so, him in there. <laughs> you know,
1: there's pros and cons.
0: Yeah. Um what what is, is there's anything else that stood out to you
1: this week? The past two uh, weeks I should say. Past two weeks. Uh it's just it oh god, this is the most like straw heady thing, but the giants just don't like have the killer instinct. That's what it looks like to me. That they just you know they they're not strong enough. They're not tough enough. They they they're not winners. Um, they're missing Buster Posey. <laughs> they're mis- Honestly, they are missing Buster Posey. Um, yeah, a hundred percent, they are. They, and it, it hurts.
0: Your point is, I definitely see that. I do notice because you said it also with the Braves, though they still put up a fight. They still, yeah. they still hung into the in all those games, um, and so that still goes into my what really impressed me about Gabe Kapler last year was the Giants were ready to play every game. Um, and it's just this year it's looked less, That's seems like it's been less true more often than, you know, I don't know what we're talking about here. If one game a week they're taking, they're not quite as prepared as they were. That's 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 just plus one from last year. It's really, last year really felt like watching them, that every single game they were ready to play and that they would fight all the way to the end. Um, this year, it seems like a couple of games will take off here and there. I do have one thing I need to point out that I want. It's I also am going to ask you who you think the last, the MVP has been the last two weeks. This is not mine, but I want to point now is something that stood out to me this week. Tyro Strata is a nice little player. Yeah. I yeah. mean that <laughs> <laughs> uh, the defensive metrics that you cited before he he's terrible, like outs above average and all that. And um, offensively, he's just barely above the league average, but I'm going to say this about the defense thing. I, He's probably being hurt by the ske- by the coaching, by the scheming. <laughs> yeah, that's I, what I, I think. So. I'm choosing to say that.
1: <laughs> um he's it seems like it that he's like because he's athletic. It doesn't you know, he does make boneheaded plays. You know, you've that's seen short shortstop. Yes. And yes. so that's that's part of it. But usually he doesn't, right? Yes. <laughs> um but and yeah offensively
0: it's- Offensively his value is he will take walks and he won't strike out a lot. It's just none of these numbers are going to be eye popping. I think what's what's you know the window of his major league career is going to be such that the whatever the the break even point is of when his speed stops keeping him out of double plays and and he learns to stop hitting <laughs> so many double play like balls. If he can learn that, that would be one thing. But, you know, that's that's been the big thing. Like that guy is going to hit the ball on the ground and he's going to race it out and probably prevent the double play, you know, 60 percent of the time. Um, but, I, you know, when I look at him, I you go is second base. The problem is that the area to upgrade and I. Uh... If there are other areas that you can upgrade, I'm like, yeah, hey, you probably get away with him there for the rest of the year, That which was sort of their intention. You would like Tommy LaStella to be the guy who could actually hit, though. So for the first two, first two turns through the lineup, Tommy LaStella is one for two with a walk and a double, and then you bring in Tyro Estrada for defense to close out the game.
1: That seems like they're actual ideal with second base, but
0: I yeah, like what and, I and see and from. To, and to
1: platoon them too. Yeah. Yes. So like, you know, that all fell apart when Tommy LaSella can't play second base anymore. No. Um, and looking you less and less like you can play baseball. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's, yeah. But like, if you have LaSella and Estrada and Wilmer Flores, who can all play second base, then, you know, you can mix and match, you can play matchups, you can give guys days off, um, you know, with, you at the beginning of the season, you had Marisa Dubon who could also play over there. Um, and then it's just sort of one by one, is getting whittled down to where it's now apparently Tyro Estrada, Donovan Walton, and Wilmer Flores. Yep. Um, Which is that, not what you want. To use that that's Jo-Jo not what you here. want. <laughs> um, and especially with Cro- Brandon Crawford being hurt now, uh, then you have to play like, two out of those three at shortstop and second uh, every game. And I don't seem to like Estrada
0: at shortstop either. They don't. (laughs) So that also hurts (laughs) because yeah, one of the things I'm just saying, he's, he's not the problem this year. And I think I was ready as they've started to get bad, (laughs) as the team started to get bad, started to look at every player and been like, well, if you're going to, fix things. That's not necessarily an area where you need to fix it. So um, did you, do you have an MVP of these last two weeks?
1: It's uh, a pretty obvious one. If you, if you guess it, the, the broadcasters, <laughs> no, it's Jock Peterson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had a, I had a whole segment that I was like, I don't know how much of the radio you've been listening to, but I've been listening to a lot of it. And when they were on this road trip, they ran into, it was basically the whole B team led by Dave, David Fleming, Dave Fleming. So yeah. it was Joe Rizzo and then Sean Estes and, and Jose Lo, wait, Javier Lopez. You? Javier Lopez. Jeez. Yeah. Um, it's been so long since I've even said his name in my <laughs> head, uh, Javier Lopez. And essentially a glimpse of what's next, which is, was a terrifying thought. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, they were not that Jock Peterson. That's a great answer. I was going to say Carlos Rodon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah. No, but that's a good one. Jock Peterson as basically since he talked to Barry Bonds, (laughs) been really great. (laughs) Um, The uh, yeah, the he he was, those are the two best players. Logan Webb played pretty well too. You can, my sense of Logan Webb is this, he pitched a lot last year. And as a guy who in his entire career has been injury prone the fact that he pitched as much as he did last year had to have been the most he's ever pitched in a season, um, or was definitely. So, to me, whatever struggles or whatever fatigue he's going through this year, it's like to me, it's just chalked up to he's already thrown a lot. So, he's just kind of trying to get his bearings,
1: but he's looked pretty good, really. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he has. I mean, and even I think things kind of fell apart from the Pirate series, right? Yeah, but again, the defense. defense. <laughs> like, so I mean, when it happens, it's not that, there's a, that he's doing anything wrong. Um, well, earlier in could, the year, yeah. Well, early yeah. in the year, yes, yeah. Yeah, that that those late those late April, early May starts. He was, but he he seems to have worked through that, and now he's back to being you know a really good pitcher again. One of the
0: things that came up. Uh, this is my transition. One of the things <laughs> during that Pirates finale was that the Giants, they threw a graphic on NBC Sports uh, that said, regretful Giants trade since 2000. It's obviously because they were playing the Pirates with Brian Reynolds, whom the Giants traded for Andrew McCutcheon ahead of the 2018 season. And, well, yeah, I mean, I think at the time it was like, but Andrew McCutcheon.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. I mean, I still kind of feel that way. It was cool that he was on the Giants. It was just uh, not actually a good trade and it hurt them a lot in the long run so they had
0: six uh trades on this graphic it was the Reynolds trade and it was uh 2015 Adam Duvall for Mike Leek. uh it was 2011 Zach Wheeler for Carlos Beltran it was 2015 again for Luis Castillo for, no that's not right yeah that's right 2015 for Casey McGee and then Matt Duffy also, that was 2016, uh, Matt Duffy for Matt Moore. And then uh, 2003, 2004, um, Joe Nathan for AJ Perzinski. I want us to solve, I want us to answer which is the most regretful. Because I don't think all, I don't think some of these belong even on the list. I, I'll start with the bottom. Grant Brisby has already gone over this. The, the Joe Nathan for A.J. Pruszynski trade is only regrettable because A.J. Pruszynski sucks ass as a human being. But the the decision to trade for him was pretty astonishing because what you were getting was like an all-star catcher who could hit, like really hit. Right, with, with a couple of years of team control, yes. yeah.
1: Yes, Um But, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we're evaluating them at of what they knew at the time, I mean, sure, but at the same time, Joe Nathan turned into a fringe Hall of Fame closer and the Giants didn't have a reliable closer until like 20, 2009 or 2010. Right. But first then year. Brian Wilson was good.
0: Yeah. And, but that then, was the,
1: and that was the exact thing that kept them out of the playoffs in 2004, the next year. Well, that's see, that's like a stealth part
0: of all this. Because yeah, <laughs> Luis Castillo led to Casey McGee, which got you Matt Moore, which led or Matt Duff, which eventually forced Matt Duffy into the situation, which got you Matt Moore. So you basically traded Luis Castillo for Matt Moore, and that's what makes that whole chain really bad. So <laughs> uh, but the Joe Nathan thing, just to come back to that, he was a struggling starter, and I don't know why they didn't. Lo- I know why they locked in and not trade converting him over sooner is because of Armando Benitez. Wait, Joe Nathan. Joe Nathan. No. Just to go back, the reason why the Giants didn't focus on making him like a, a, a reliever was because he had been a starter with them for so long, and so they just Ryan, him- you
1: ignorant <laughs> slut. Um, that is completely wrong. And how dare what? you, uh, Joe Nathan? I'm going to edit woke- this all out. <laughs> Joe Nathan was a really good reliever in 2003, his last year with the Giants. He was coming off Tommy John surgery a few years earlier. So he had been, I think he'd been bad in two thousand two or two thousand one, and he kind yes. of worked his, his, his arm strength. So his, he worked his arm strength back up. He was a really good reliever in two thousand three, but he was bad in the playoffs, and Felipe didn't like him. And there so, we go. And so the Giants put him in that trade, um, and then he, you know, went to the Twins and became a dominant reliever for like a decade or so. So it's just me forgetting
0: 2003 and 2002. So what's the problem? I don't get it. (laughs) Why would you want to remember those 78 games in 2003, 79 innings, 12 and (laughs) 4. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he was great. He was 142 ERA+. Don't remember that at all. I just remember that the Giants... That uh, all my friends were A's fans and they just couldn't believe that the Giants were winning all these lucky games. And then I think I do remember now I went to a bunch. I'm like, oh, it's so great that they're winning all these games that they shouldn't be winning. But uh, <laughs> they were really surprising in 2003. Um, but so was Joe Nathan. I totally forgot about that. Um, I, it was That's not a regretful trade to me, only in retrospect because A.J. Brzezinski sucks. The, the, the process that led to them doing that trade to me was not. Yeah, that that
1: process was fine. It's yeah. just the trade was yeah. sort of why they're the, the the trade kind of proved why the other team would do it. Right? They're like, yeah. well, this guy's kind of an asshole, and then we could get this really good reliever for a while, and also there's these other couple starting pitcher prospects who have who have potential, and you know, Liriano had a really Francisco Liriano had a really up and down career, but he was he had some excellent ears in there. And uh, Boo Bonser had a fun name that inspired right. Grant's first blog. So. That's right. Uh, the Casey McGee trade,
0: that was a bad trade to me because I don't know why the Giants would trade. I know what the Giants are doing. They were trading from what they felt was a position of strength to get, to fill a position of need. The problem is that they had done that earlier with the, this wasn't Wheeler for Beltran, <laughs> so which was in 2011. So this is the same front office essentially making the trade. Uh, I think Casey McGee was so bad uh, and that Luis Castillo, um, even at the time, was a whatever prospect in their mind. That To me, that seems like it was – that that's a pretty regret. That's up there. That's number one right now because we've only done two. But that seems like a pretty bad trade. Casey McGee was bad and the process that led to them getting him is it the same was he an all-star the year before they traded for him no he was at a 101
1: ops plus and he, right but he, he had slugged a, yeah Go he, ahead. he had that 287 batting average you yeah. know um, yeah i mean he just wasn't as good as the giants thought he was right um, uh, also and luis, yeah and to, to be fair luis castillo had been you know well, um, he'd been in low a ball he had a good year in low a ball but there's a thousand pitchers who have good good years in low A ball and don't pan out. So I mean, to them, they're just like, well, you know, we'll just take a shot.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's true too. But for now, it's number one. Unless you think that the Nathan Przinski one is more regrettable, or should I don't think that one should, should be even be on the list. But you do. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Adam Duvall for Mike Leake. Well. That was at the deadline and the Giants desperately needed pitching that year. And Adam Duvall seemed like uh, almost the same situation as Joe Nathan, where the Giants had just lost patience with him.
1: Yeah. Because they jerked him around a lot. They jerked him around a lot and he, they had him as an infielder and he had a lot of trouble playing third base. And so it was interesting because I remember they, they did have him play some outfield in Sacramento. Like I got some left field, right? Yeah, Yeah. And I saw him and I was like, I don't know. He seems fine. I, like he wasn't anything special out there there. I absolutely would not have guessed he'd go on to win a gold glove love out there. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but the giants didn't have him out there that much. You know, you need to get him experience if you're going to really try it. And I don't know that they did that. Um, and that, you know, that is another trade that ended up really hurting them because the 2016, like literally the next year, what did they need? They needed an everyday left fielder and Adam Duvall was an everyday left fielder. For the Reds. So I this is where the McGee
0: one should still be number one for me because that now we've laid all all out. I also don't think trading for Mike Leak was a bad idea, but I don't think their defense was necessarily up to the task <laughs> of having Mike Leak. And then that just didn't work out. He wasn't
1: very good. He wasn't good. Um, yeah, I mean, some of that defense is there were a lot of injuries that year that they couldn't have anticipated. Um, yeah. I think Crawford was like the only – player who didn't go on the the at the time the dl um that year because i think everyone else was just hurt constantly especially the last uh month a year when leak was really supposed to help them with the playoff push so casey mcgee's so bad it leads to matt duffy (laughs) that's true
0: and matt duffy is uh a mascot essentially he's a spark plug when the when this championship core is essentially getting older, you know he's like a flashy guy, and and then the Giants needed some pitching, and they traded for, you know, interesting, talented arm, uh, uh, like an electric talent arm that they did not have, especially in the rotation. Sound sound reasoning trading away Matt Duffy. I am not a. Uh, it was a huge bummer that they traded for him or that they they traded him away. Matt Moore had some pretty memorable moments as a giant starting pitcher the rest of that year. It's, it's hard to argue it was regretful, uh, except then the team fell in the toilet <laughs> the next year. And maybe having Matt Duffy around would have been great. Um, I think this is the one, though, that spiritually
1: feels like the most regretful trade recently. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, that's the one that people really point to is the one they shouldn't have done. And they're like, well, the team fell apart right after they made that trade. I'm like, well, if you'll remember, the team actually fell apart several weeks before they made that trade and just were continuing to be apart through the end of the year. it was Because in 2016, it was right after the All-Star break that the Giants collapsed. It was in San Diego. Um, And Matt Duffy, I think, was hurt at the time because I remember he was rehabbing in Sacramento uh, when they traded him. Um, But... What he's gone on to do on the field hasn't been that special. Right. So, I mean, if you look at just on the field, what Matt Moore did in the second for the Giants over those last two months of 2016, plus his really good start in the NLDS that did not end up well, but that wasn't his fault. He pitched eight innings of two-run ball, gave the the bullpen a 5-2 lead in the ninth. I'm not bitter that they (laughs) lost that game to the Cubs, which ruined this country. Uh, But but, um, I think Matt Moore was worth more to the Giants those last two months in 2016 than Matt Duffy would have been if they kept him. I totally agree. But then I think we might also agree that Matt Duffy was more valuable to the 2017 Giants. Or would have been. Well, yes, but value was wasted on the 2017 Giants. That's true. They were a black hole. Uh, I don't know. We should have done
0: like a regretfulness scale or something. But I think I think the other part of the other side of it is sort of like what happened. The regret is like who did you give up and what did you turn into? Now I'm thinking about more and more. You're Joe Nathan. Point yes, a borderline Hall of Famer. They right. gave up for AJ Brzezinski. That's pretty regretful. <laughs> yeah. no, but the other, but the counter to that is a lot. I think most of these players, you would sit there and say the Giants had you based on how the Giants were set up that the. The players had hit a dead end with the organization. Yeah. On the other th- hand, I'm you're mad. pointing out Joe Nathan had an amazing
1: season in 2003. So, had he? So, right. It was just he basically had like one or two bad games in the playoffs, and that happens. And oh, oh. <laughs> uh, the so the the Wheeler for
0: Beltran trade. It, um, listen, trading for Carlos Beltran is never wrong. Now it is because he's a coach and he sucks, but uh, he (laughs) did that whole cheating scandal. But you know, as Carlos Beltran, you know, basically a Hall of Famer, that was a good deal. The only thing that that just blows my mind, and I wish there that we, this is the regret. Allegedly, the choice was between Gary Brown and Carlos (laughs) Beltran or and Zach Wheeler, and it's like, oh my god, (laughs) right? If if only I know only. Oh, I mean, Zach Wheeler has been a a really solid above average pitcher, basically. And he would have been nice for the Giants to have had. It would have probably maybe meant that they wouldn't have traded for Mike Leake, let's say. Um, But then that doesn't mean they would have done something different with Adam Duvall. Like that wouldn't have worked out necessarily.
1: And Um, one thing to remember about Wheeler is he also missed about two and a half seasons. Yeah. Injury. Yeah, Um, exactly. He was hurt in all of 2015 and all of 2016. So you get
0: Carlos Beltran and then the rest of the Giants just start to get hurt or Pablo Sandoval misses a chunk of time. It, it's just, it was a weird, it was like, just, it didn't quite work
1: out, but it was, you know, you got Carlos Beltran out of it. And I mean, they, they had a historically great pitching staff and yeah. they had a historically terrible offense. Yeah. Like, you know, we can have uh, Beltran and Sandoval because Sandoval having a great year in the middle of the lineup and we'll, we'll see what happens. And it did not work out. No, but um, there wasn't it. Wasn't Beltran's fault, you know? He was he he was kind of hurt when they traded for him, and right. then he the struggled tr- in the start. Yes, he struggled in the start, but and then he came back at the end of August, and then he was great through the end of the year, um, when he was healthy. But uh, by then, it was kind of too late to overcome all the injuries. And then they didn't even bother to resign him. Well, they had Melky Cabrera. They knew. <laughs> They saw Melky Cabrera's I website. They saw that website. They're like, this thing is rock solid. Uh,
0: and that leaves Reynolds for McCutcheon. And I would say that's a pretty, that's that stays on the regretful trade because, uh, regretful side. Yes, you still get Andrew McCutcheon out of the deal, but it's also like following 2017, why are you making this
1: move? And it was for marketing
0: purposes only.
1: And so yeah, immediately- so I mean, it, it came out a couple years later, I think, that the front office basically told Bobby Evans, no, you have to trade for stars. And he was like, okay, but like, trade for stars. And so they traded for Longoria, and they traded for McCutcheon. And so... And they, they really could have used Brian Reynolds this year. They sure could have. <laughs> um,
0: so, okay, What's the most regretful? Because I, I really think there there's an answer. But I got to say, the Nathan one, for some reason now, is standing out more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's say this. Would it have been nice to have had Joe Nathan from 2004 to 2009? Let's say. Um, probably. Yeah. The rest I of the team so. wasn't very good, but probably. Um, would it have been nice to have had Luis Castillo since 2016 or he started, he made his debut in 2017. Yes. (laughs) It would have been nice to have Luis Castillo. Would it have been nice to have had Adam Duvall since 2015 since then? Yes. Right. For some of those years anyway. Yeah, exactly. He's been a little up and down. That's true. Um, Would it have been nice to have had Matt Duffy since 2017?
1: Mm, Probably.
0: Probably. In the clubhouse. I'm sure. Would it have been nice to have had Zach Wheeler since 2011? Eh, yes. Sure, yes, yes. yes. More yeah. than Duffy, for sure. And then, yes, Reynolds. So, yeah. to me, it's Reynolds and Castillo is what it comes down to. And I think I agree with your point that an A-ball guy, that's it's a lottery ticket. Uh, the Giants, you know, double snake eyes, right? They, yeah.
1: <laughs> they, I think, Because I think the other guy also made the majors. Just not, Kendry Flores also made the majors. Just, he wasn't that good. Yeah, um, but it was, yeah, Kendry Flores made, had eight appearances in the majors with the Marlins.
0: It feels a little recency biased, but yeah, I'd say the Brian Reynolds trade is the most regretful since 2000.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough for me. It's tough for me to not go with Nathan. <laughs> but because, uh, you know, we're, were you there at the Wayne Franklin game?
0: Oh yeah, I was there. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. So you're saying so you're saying Joe Nathan could have prevented me from having the yes, worst exactly. sports moment I've
1: ever experienced. <laughs> right. So I mean, just just oh, for that's relief.
0: true. Oh, because they had to make those trades for those two scrub relievers right at the yeah. end of spring training because they had no. Yeah. Oh my god. Also, yeah, we should have measured it for how did it screw them in other areas? <laughs> yeah. All these trades that screw them in relief. Castillo. Ah, that didn't screw them too much. Uh, the Duffy thing didn't really screw them because they they got um oh bear oh bare hands. Why the N- Nunez, Eduardo Nunez. <laughs> and they got Eduardo Nunez, but then I was also thinking of um, the guy who hit the home run against the Mets in the wildcard game in 2017. Oh, Connor Gillespie. Connor Gillespie, thank you. <laughs> That's what getting old is. Uh yeah, okay, Joe Nathan versus Brian Reynolds. Well, let's let's lay this out. Does 2018 Brian Reynolds probably plays in 2018 and 2019 would have been nice to have had Brian Reynolds. What happens to the 2020 giants with Brian Reynolds on it? They probably go 31 in 29. (laughs) Um, And then what happens last year? Maybe they don't win as many games last year. I don't know. And it'd be nice to have them this year, but man, you're basically putting it there Uh, a borderline hall of fame (laughs) closer who might've helped them beat, you know, get to the postseason in 2004. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. And and the
1: other side of it, A.J. Pruszynski a piece of shit. Right. So that, you know, it also would have prevented in the 2012 World Series, A.J. Pruszynski going on the, the pregame show and be like, once a Giant, always a Giant. <laughs> it might have been 2014. I don't know what year it was that he said that. I think the bottom line is, is except for the
0: Reynolds one, all these trades had to happen. Well, and the Duffy one. All these trades had to happen for the Giants to win three World Series. That's true. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) So in that sense, it's like, oh, whatever. Okay, let's take a break. And we're going to come back with conjuring up some good trades for the Giants to make. So speaking of trades, the Giants are nominally in the playoff hunt. And the trade deadline is actually August 3rd this year. So there's a little bit of time, although I think, I hope, that teams start making moves sooner rather than later that'd be also a nice change so i tasked doug with trying to come up with uh one player the giants should target that's within the realm of feasibility based on our brief experience with this front office what we kind of sense what the giants are going for so it doesn't have to be like Juan soto uh it could be willie calhoun like that's the (laughs) Thing. So I just want its just one because it's so stupid to yeah, of course we'd like the Giants to have one Soto. We'd like to have them to have you know any of the good players left on the A's. It doesn't matter. one player. Um, so who do you have, Doug?
1: Uh, I have a pitcher, a starting pitcher from the Marlins. Okay. Uh, Pablo Lopez. Okay. That's good. He, he's solid. <laughs> yeah, and he's on the Marlins. And he's eventually going to have to make money. So you know they're going to be okay with trading. So Pablo Lopez, uh,
0: 26, and he is uh, – how many – what's the service time? doesn't matter. Anyway, Right? not right now. He has a 158 ERA plus. I'm sure he will be very highly sought after on the trade market. Very good player. 261 ERA right now. That's a 327 FIP. That's good. Uh, that's great. And, uh, yeah, he's um, – Ar- arbitration eligible after this year, so um, interesting. I, I like it. I, do you have any sense like Joey Bart? They'd trade for him.
1: I mean, maybe before the season, it would <laughs> Joey Bart <laughs> could have been a piece of that, but not now. Um, um, Elliot Ramos. Yeah, I could I could see Ramos going as part of a package as sort of like a a co-headliner with um with some with someone a little bit lower down um donovan walton sure yeah donovan walton elliot ramos and uh and i think evan longoria and then you just patch them all up (laughs) off they go stinky yes
0: um so that's that's where my guy came from but i actually kind of have two but i'm i'm gonna say both the i also have from the marlins joey wendell uh, who is an infielder left-handed hitting infielder third baseman for the Marlins right now, or, but also plays a lot of second base. His defensive numbers are better. And I know I praised Tyro Estrada, but uh, he also gets on base a little bit more. I think him being left-handed, he's basically like a, a, a costlier, more pumped up Donovan Walton, essentially.
1: Okay. So uh,
0: also was uh traded for by the A's but after far anxiety left but that still leads me to believe that he got on their radar somehow. so <laughs> just just a connection there uh, he's making like four million bucks so it wouldn't be but it would be like salary relief for the Marlins and Giants could probably literally trade him for Johnny Walton if they wanted to or like Zach Littell or something. My second guy is from the Cubs uh, and it's Scott Efres. Efros who's a reliever for them. He's 28 years old, but he's having an incredible year. Um, very uh, high ground ball guy, um, low ERA. And I, I think it's just a, a solidifying guy who's kind of, you know, some someone the Cubs might deal. He's got tons of team control left. So maybe not. He's also 28 though. So the fact that the Giants might come and offer Anything for him, for a rebuilding team, might be worth something. And he's, he played for them last year, so he, Scott Harris definitely knows who he is. Um, he's been in their system for a while, I mean, so he definitely knows who he is. Drafted by the Cubs in 2015. Um, this year, 40 strikeouts, 8 walks. He has a 173 FIP in 31 innings. He's, he's um, been an opener. Um, he's you know finished off games. So he's basically a better Zach Littell. So if you trade Zach Littell in some other deal or you want to you know, have a guy that re- that's actually able to repeat the skill set that they're looking for this year, he seems like he might be a guy, although he only throws about 91 to 93. So lots of movement and he gets a lot of ground balls, which would be disastrous for a defensive <laughs> first team. But I feel like at this point, the Giants are pretty committed to the ground ball pitcher guys because getting uh, strikeout guys cost $22 million and they're pretty squeamish on – Getting, having more than one at a time on the team for some reason. So th- those are my two modest guys. Again, the Giants really just trying to hit that sixth playoff spot. Um, so I, I, to me, they're, it feels like there's seven or eight moves from closing the gap between uh, the Giants and the Dodgers, between them and the Dodgers. So what, what else really can they do to make waves? I don't think they're going to do very much. But you know what? I'm daring them to surprise me. <laughs> Wow, that's dangerous. I like your Pablo Lopez move because it really fortifies the bullpen, or it really fortifies the pitching staff. I like Junis as a starter, but you know he gets hurt a lot, and also he'd be a really valuable swingman. You have him and or Sammy Long as the swing guys. So you'd have what you have Rudon and Webb, and Cobb and Lopez and DiScalafani, yeah. DiScalafani
1: Junis, or and or if, if DiScalafani ends up. Being hurt, um, which he the way he's pitching, he is pitching like someone who is going to go on the IL in like three weeks and not come out fit for the rest of the year, right? Um, <laughs> you know, but protecting against that, then you can have Alex Wood there because Alex Wood can also relieve Alex you know, Wood. Why am I, I think, forget? Yeah, well, I think yeah. he doesn't like to, but he can. Yeah,
0: I forgot all about Alex Wood. The the inter- an interesting back of the rotation pitcher because I don't think when he's bad, it's indicative of he's really bad. Because usually in those starts where he's bad, he's like really pretty solid through three or four innings and then it falls apart. So I don't know if he's a guy eligible for being an opener or like you said, if he'd be willing to relieve. But definitely come to playoffs, that's what he'll be doing. Yeah. So you might as well have a guy who could actually, pretend, you, you know, shore up. If you know you have Rudon and you have Webb and those are going to be the two main guys in your series and you could get a Lopez, then you actually are going like, oh, we actually have three starters. Yes. Instead of Ooh. like hoping like hell. So, yeah. Oh, we have a rotation now. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like that better. I, I hope they can figure out a way to do it. I mean, I I like Elliot Ramos, but I think for pretty much everyone except for Harrison and maybe uh, – and Luciano, obviously, and maybe one other guy, go listen to the, our podcast with Roger to hear some of, the, some of the gems in the system. But I really don't think – I think the bloom is off the rose for most of the Giants' prospects. I mean, it's pretty bizarre we're not – like none of them seem poised to make – any contributions
1: this year. That's well, a little I, think, I think, well, uh, obviously since our listeners all uh, just re-listened to last week's episode because it was so good, they know all about it. I think the problem isn't that they don't have good, like the, pro- the blooms off the rose for the prospects. The bloom is off the rose for most of the prospects who were around last year. Hmm. We have new prospects who are good this year, who are doing great things. Um, Kate, Casey Schmidt, I think. Is that him?
0: Yeah, they, that was one of them. They're all younger. Yeah, is that they're, they're all younger. younger. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: but like the Giants have guys who are performing well. It's just the guys who performed really well last year have a lot of them have taken a step back other than Luciano and, and Harrison. Um, but that's, you know, that'll give the Giants an opportunity to sort of package up to, you know, maybe the Giants can package up Elliot Ramos and Jairo Camaras and then some pitcher, one of the pitchers in there that they have who's been doing well. And that'll be intriguing enough to start building a trade. Um, maybe not. Maybe that's not enough for Pablo Lopez. I don't know what the Marlins are asking for. Um, maybe the Marlins have someone who they're paying money who they'll send along with him. And then that'll make <laughs> the cost less because we know the Marlins do not like paying money for things. Well, we have plenty of time between now and the trade deadline if, to sort that all out. But I,
0: yeah, you're totally right. I'm, and I'm, that makes me wonder just how committed the Giants are to taking on payroll. Um, whether that's like a bloated contract to
1: get a good player or just to get a, a good player who makes a lot, like that'll be very interesting to see. I mean, I, I think, I think Farhan would absolutely do it. And I think one thing he could point to with the front office is um Will Wilson, who a few years ago before 2020, they took on uh, the contract of some player who I don't remember who he is. Zach Kozart. Uh, Zach Kozart. Yeah. I can't they, remember they like, Connor Gillespie's name. I do Zach Kozart. Yeah. Nice <laughs> legend, Zach Kozart. um. And Will Wilson is having a great year this year. Um, And so, they, you know, Farhan could point to that and be like, look, this is what you get when you spend money. You get this guy who will be around for a while who you won't have to spend money on. It's an investment. You're spending money to save money. That's right. Uh, Well, you know,
0: I have to add one more MVP to my week, and that's you, Doug for doing this podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, We will be back next week with an all new episode. Next week is our bullpen trust power rankings. I can't wait. I think next week is just going to, that's going to be the whole episode. So um, look forward to that. Um, Don't forget, listen to that podcast with Roger Munter that we did last week. It has a lot of information about the farm system. It's really breezy. Um, Don't forget to also check out Doug's Site his Giants dug at dot com because you'll be ahead of the game when it comes to uh, the Giants' pitching plans because <laughs> you right. really nailed it. You really nailed it. Um. <laughs> All right, so until then, thanks for
1: listening and go Giants. Thanks, bye.